What is up, good people, and welcome to the All Basketball Podcast. And I'm your host, Maurice Dixon, coming to you on October 25th for another season preview at the high school level. And this time we're going to be delving into the girls game and talking to one of the best coaches in the metro Atlanta area and just the state of Georgia, just based off the dominance they've had recently. And on the show this evening, I have with me not just a three-time coach, championship coach, but three-time reigning championship coach at the highest classification in Georgia or just on the high school high school level for girls. Um, coach Hilda Hankerson from Westlake. Coach Hankerson, how you doing this evening? Oh, I'm doing fine, thank you. How you doing? Doing great. So glad. So thankful you could join me for um, another preview show. We did the preview in this. I appreciate um, you having me. Most definitely. And uh, just going get, to get right to it, Coach. Uh, how, have the, how have you been adjusting and your players been adjusting to the, the COVID-19 guidelines? Just everything that's going on right now that, that has affected our country and um, the way we have to do life at the moment. Well, um, we haven't had an opportunity to really get into it a lot. All we've been able to do right now is just do some conditioning. Uh, And we start our tryouts on Monday when we go, you know, with the full ball and everything. And that social distancing piece will be really, really uh, something that's going to be interesting for them to make sure that they're not huddling and wanting to talk to each other because they all haven't been together since, you know, uh, March, since the state championship and the ring ceremony. And uh, in order for us to figure out how to practice and have the managers to keep the balls cleaned and, you know, to come out there with your mask on, you know, it's, it's going to be a challenge. But I'm sure we can we can figure it out. Yeah, I'm sure you'll, you'll navigate it properly and correctly and safely and everything. Uh, it's just far as from communicating with your players, how has how has been preparing for this season been different for them? Well, normally we would have had an opportunity to uh, maybe play in a fall league or, or something like that. And we have intentionally stayed away from any other opportunities to get together as much as we possibly can, except for uh like I said, just some conditioning and and keeping everybody spread out in the gym, conditioning, footwork, things of that nature. Uh, normally, we would have been together and at least been able to uh, see a ball uh, around the girls, and they have been able to do that a little bit longer with their AAU team, different teams. So it's not like they've been together, but at least in the AAU realm, they have been able to play a little bit more of an extended season uh, because the high schools weren't able to do anything. So the AAU, I guess they figured, hey, we're going to go a little bit longer and give the college coaches an opportunity to at least see the kids online. Uh, So that's how it has been paying off for us. Okay. As far as the some of the GHSA guidelines for COVID-19, some things they've changed. Uh, 
one thing stood out for everybody was the there would be no jump ball. Was that is that going to be how do you view that? Or is there anything else that you were kind of like, why are they doing that for the game? Uh, well, I know why they're doing it. Uh, and, you know, one of the reasons, too, they have been trying to uh, possibly remove the jump ball because there's always been a lot of controversy about how fair the toss is. And, and I get that. But when you have somebody, we got a player on the team who can, you know, touch the rim so you know we look forward to that as the start of the offense whenever we can uh, and it'll be something that we'll have to get adjusted to coming up with something else a little bit extra to do because the ball will be handed to the visiting team and when we when we are the visiting team we want to make sure that we capitalize on that opportunity to score the best way that we possibly can and take it away from our opponents okay uh, I guess one, you know, well, that's that's a little, little, it's a little far off, but I'll get right to it. Um, I don't know if you're going to be in tournaments or anything this season, but we we finally got a shot clock here in Georgia. Thank God. Uh, don't have it right away. I'm I'm all for it. Glad was very glad to hear the news. Uh, how do you feel about them bringing upon the shot clock and the way they're implementing it and what are your total thoughts, overall thoughts on it? Well, personally, uh, I'm for it. I know a lot of people aren't, uh, but um, I am for the shot clock because at the next level, they are required to play with the shot clock. And when you have a team who can control the game with a shot clock and keep you from scoring, down the stretch, especially when you're in um, playoff time, uh, it it doesn't give the defense a chance to be rewarded when you are playing defense so hard and you can never get the ball back unless you foul. And then if you're fouling their best free throw shooter, then they're going to go to the line and, and, and mark the free throws down. And you know, and I've done that. I've been one of those teams that I've had uh, – a guard, I had a guard that shot 82% from the free throw line. And we put the ball in her hands. Now, I can't do that with every team. Every team I've had is not strong enough to hold that ball. Because some of them, you're like, oh my gosh, two passes, that's about all you're going to get before you turn it over. We were our own worst worst enemy. But when you have that team that can hold that ball with a good chance of making sure that, that ball is in your best free throw shooter's hands, uh, you know, I must say the kid hit 25 free throws in one quarter by doing that. Uh, it's not the best way, but I'm going I'm to do what the rules allow me to do. Now, I don't want anybody doing me that way because I get people to hold the ball on me. And I don't like holding it, but if it's going to be my best option. And some teams, we may have had good teams, but that team couldn't hold the ball. They couldn't hold water. You know, two passes and we were coughing it up. <laughs> I'm going to tell you. <laughs> but, but when you have that team, I do what is best for the team that I have in front of me. Okay. Definitely understand that. Uh, new season is upon us. Uh, just talk to me about some of the, um, I guess, expectations. You're, you're, you're currently nine, you're three-time state champion, reigning state champion, 90 and 0 against in-state competition, which is 
just a, a remarkable stat or <laughs> no, notation to have on on your current resume. So just expectations. Well, uh, definitely the expectations are high. We still have two young ladies on the team who were on the first state championship team in this run. And, uh, and we have some pieces that still around them in order to play hard this season. And, uh, you know, you always go after the crown, whether you get it or not. Uh, we got to keep it before us. And, you know, we have, you know, Raven Johnson, who has been named Miss Georgia Basketball as a junior and was named the USA Player of the Year for Georgia, for women's basketball, and uh, the Athlete of the Year for USA Today in Georgia. So we're very proud to have an athlete of her caliber uh, on our team and to have a good bunch of kids that surround her that are capable of possibly uh, pursuing another championship. Uh, none of this is gonna be easy. Uh, the COVID is a major factor. You know, you got to stay healthy. You know, we just finished having a region meeting, a call region meeting to discuss what we think it might look like. And we're trying to make sure that we get all those region games in, in a timely manner, so that we can get ready for the state playoff. So it's a lot of other variables that are beyond our control. So this one will be <laughs> really different and a lot more different than we've ever, ever had to tackle. Uh, just the locker room expectations, you know, uh, kids aren't allowed to sit in those locker rooms and, you know, talk to each other. You know, a lot of good stuff going on in the locker room before the coach walks in, you know, they get themselves together and getting psyched out. Well, that's going to be in the hallway somewhere now. <laughs> you know, we're just going to have a limited number of people in that locker room at one time. And that is going to be different. Your ride on the bus is different, making sure that they're spread out. And most of the time, we're not on top of each other on the bus anyway. But making sure that we are sitting in specific seats and uh, all of that, coming dressed. We're not going to the locker rooms to get dressed there. You know, a lot of times, a lot of that psyching yourself out and getting ready happens when you get dressed, putting your uniform on, getting taped. Well, that's not gonna happen like that. We're gonna arrive already dressed. We've already made that rule. Uh, and the kids, for the most part, they're coming from home. We have an option to go face-to-face -face or virtual. So the majority of my kids are coming from home to get to the game. <laughs> and, and that's gonna be a different uh, piece too. You know, making sure uh, you got to ride, <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, making sure they get there on time for the game. So there's a lot of more variables that we are going to have to work real, real hard to work through. I don't say this is going to be an easy task. This is probably going to be one of the most difficult seasons to navigate that we've ever had, that I've ever had in my career. And for all the coaches, we're all trying to figure this thing out daily. We don't know what could happen, you know, from taking the temperatures, you know, you just can't walk out there and just get started. I take a temperature, answer COVID questions for the players and the coaches. You know, I'm turning the thermometer around on my own head, taking my own temperature. I'm taking it more than once a day <laughs> just to make sure. So everybody is under a specific safeguard by the Georgia High School Association and 
by the Fulton County as well. So we have guidelines from both ways that we must follow. Oh, wow. Yes, it definitely, definitely sounds like a lot. So you're basically saying that on if, if even if you, um, you're in, students are at school for say, I know they, they're not in, in the school every day, but even if they're in school, they won't just go from a natural uh, progression of, okay, school's over, we got a couple of hours, then we go get ready for the game. Or is it never, it's never, it may never line up like that. Oh no, uh-uh. Cause normally we go into the locker room, we prepare for the pregame meal. Uh, we got rules on the pregame meal. If it's gonna be food that is bought in by the parents, only the parents can serve. They're the only one touching the utensils to serve the kids. All kind of little things like that that's in writing now. Uh, or you're purchasing food that's already pre-packaged for pregame meals, like maybe a Chick-fil-A box lunch or a Subway box lunch. Uh, those are the things that are different. And sitting in there eating as a team for the pregame meal, no, we're going to be spread out in the bleachers somewhere, you know, <laughs> almost screaming across the gym to your teammates uh, in order to eat your pregame meal. All of that's going to look really, really different. As opposed to that, you know, in there, locking elbows and saying a prayer before you eat your food and then eating your locker room or uh, a, a safe place like that won't happen anymore. Wow. Wow. It's going to be an interesting time. Uh, as far as the schedule, just what do you have set in stone? Do you have any... Are you going to be playing um, quite a few out-of-state teams like before? Or? Woo! Uh, I, I think I am some days. <laughs> and as of today, somebody else just texted me and said, you know what, uh, we're having to make some adjustments because everybody is not willing to let you use their facilities. Hmm. And if you can't use them and bring in the people that you want to bring in, because the people run these tournaments to make money too now. And when they set these tournaments up, unless you are a tournament that is set up by uh, pro players that maybe aren't in it for the money, you feel me? Mm -hmm. <laughs> They're not in it for the money maybe. So therefore those tournaments can be run without having a lot of fans. But a lot of these other tournaments are slowly backing out. I got one that's sitting on the bubble right now. He said, well, I, I, I think I can still do it, uh, but I'm not sure. This might come down to just playing teams in the state of Georgia and in my region, maybe. Mm. It, the, the numbers could get smaller and smaller. We're, we were possibly going to one tournament and playing a classic here in the metro area. I'm not sure if we're going to play in those two classics because now they're, they're losing the opportunity to play at people's gyms, you know, APS is our a lot of public schools. They're not having any fans. Uh, mm -hmm. Clay County, they just said they're not having any fans, but they can possibly revisit it. DeKalb County, no fans. Fulton County, we have a limited number. I think ours is around like 400, 100 for the visitors, 300 for the home team. Uh, so it's changing daily. Uh, what about All I you? do know is that we will play, whether it's in front of fans. <laughs> that's mm -hmm. the question. <laughs> is it? Uh, do you know the media guidelines, or is a certain number of media allowed, or because it obviously isn't that many of us? Hey, 
Man, I'm already fighting to be one of the people to go and <laughs> scout my visiting teams. <laughs> I'm working on that. I can't even think about you all yet. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute now. We're the only school in our region that's allowing fans. So do I get a chance to go scout? It's a question mark on that. That just came up the other day. And so now we got to figure that piece out. They can't come and watch me and I can't come see them now. Come on. Uh, but right now, that's where it's sitting until we get further information. Mm-hmm. And as far as the press, man, I couldn't even begin to ask about y'all. All I did was ask about myself. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm with Fulton County and there's two teams in Fulton County, Westlake and Langston. We're the only two teams in the Fulton County in our region. And the rest of them have shut down their uh, opponent's fans and their own fans too. So every day it changes. And I'm just, all I want to do is be able to put the kids on. And if that means the kids on and nobody else, then so be it. That's what it's going to end up. I guess we're going to have our own bubble. (laughs) Like the pros. (laughs) Right. Who who else is in the region? Who else? Because I was was told um, you guys are moving to a new region. Yeah, uh, we're in a new region with, uh, let me see, North Atlanta is the only Atlanta public school. Then we have uh, Lovejoy, uh, Lakeside, uh, Langston Hughes, Tucker, Morrow. Mm, That's it off the top of my head. It might be one or two more I might be missing. But uh, yeah, that's who we're looking at right now. So. the majority of those teams we have not seen mm-hmm. in years, you know. So I don't even know what they have. I'm on the, I'm not even sure what the players' names are. Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> no idea because we changed classification. We were in seven A, now we're in six A. So I have no clue about a lot of these teams that we're getting ready to play against. Okay, so and and that's the thing that's going to be difficult if we're not given the opportunity to go and scout. Wow. Uh, as far as as far as your players, people are pretty familiar with. Uh, they're they as many years as they've been at Westlake, they've been champions. That's uh, Brianna Turnage and Raven Johnson, and I see they're correct. Brianna's committed to uh, Virginia Tech at the moment, and Raven is committed to South Carolina. Uh, just two two great players. What are your expectations for them, and with with this being their senior season? Well, I do expect them to lead uh, in a in a strong way for the younger kids that are on the team because they've been there for the three state championships. Uh, there are some girls on the team that have one championship and there are some that have two, but they're the only two that's left from that original bunch. And if it means anything, it means probably more to those two than anybody. You know, Raven mentioned to me when she first came to Westlake, uh, when we got ready to get our sizes for our first ring, and the the gentleman who was taking the sizes for the girls, he said, well, pick the other finger that may not be sitting right next to the first size of the ring. So we're like, so Raven looked. She said, well, what do you, what do you mean? He says, well, you don't want the rings to be touching each other when you wear them. And she looked at him and she put up four fingers. She says, I'm winning four. He, she didn't smile. He said, okay, sit down, give me any finger you want. 
you know, you don't have many kids that, that walk with that air of confidence. She said to me her freshman year, before we ever played a game, she says, I want to help these seniors win a championship. Not a lot of young kids talk with that type of confidence and that type of tenacity to want to be better and to want to make Westlake greater than we had ever been. We had been in almost every state playoff except for two in over 25 years. And we've had four Final Fours, about five or six Elite Eights, so many Sweet Sixteens, but we had never won a championship. But for her to walk in and make a statement like that, I never had a kid to talk like that. They're freshmen here. Now, as they get older, they become big, bad, and boss, you know. But <laughs> a freshman to say that, it impressed me that day. Very, very impressive. And uh, I guess you got to replace the players as always. It just it just happens. Um, one being Lydia Freeman, who was 6'5", um, just a force in the paint. I saw her, I last saw her play against Collins Hill when you went back to back. I didn't get to see her last year. She, I know she's at Georgia Southern right now. Correct. Yeah. And not to say who's going to replace her, but who's stepping into that role. Who do you see stepping into that role? Well, we're just going to look probably a little bit different this year. You know, uh, we won't have that six-five force that if you get past my guards, you know, <laughs> then you got to get past the giant. <laughs> and uh, it, it's been great to have her back there. And uh, it's going to take some adjustments. Our offense will look a little different. Uh, things that we were able to do with her, you know, she, you know, she was always a good bailout. Throw it up there, hey, she would draw three and four people around her, and uh, I'm gonna miss it. You about to make me shed a tear. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna miss that big baby in the paint. But uh, we're just gonna look a little different. Let's just put it that way. It won't look the same, but I think we'll put a quality, you know, group of kids on the floor. Definitely, um, I, I know you. I know you will. Um, you, you just have so been so consistent as far as that. Uh, hmm. so you, and you told me you're over six hundred wins now, right? So, right, I'm <laughs> over six hundred now. <laughs> been blessed to have some some great kids. You know, I've I've looked back over the years and. It just seemed like it just started to add up. And I didn't even realize it until I think one of my assistant coaches asked me one day when I was getting my 300th win, he says, how many wins do you have? I said, well, I don't know. So then I sat down and counted. And at that point, I was about 20 wins away from 300. Mm. And so I've, I've kind of stayed abreast of it since then, but I, I didn't think anything of it. But Westlake has been a winning program for over 25 years. When I came to Westlake, they had only won three home ga three games that season before. And I was the assistant coach at that point. And I asked the head coach, I said, well, how many wins did y'all have last year? He said three. I said, mm. I said, but well, what I see out here, I said, we're going to have more than three. And we've never had a losing season since. That was it. And, uh, in Westlake, we've just been blessed with some great athletes that have come through the program. You know, God has been faithful in placing those kids in our path. 
Wow. That's 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 really that's really impressive. Uh and I guess with just the fact that how are you preparing your girls for the fact that uh undefeated in Georgia, 90 and 90, 90 and counting, uh how you prepare them for I guess all the, the, the local competition to keep keep the street going. I mean <laughs> Well, you know, that's not always as easy because Sometimes they can get a little bit lax, you know, and it takes hopefully just keeping their mindset on the prize. And sometimes that immediate day to day gets a little bit more challenging. You know, when you're getting ready to play for the tournament, they kind of step it up. But sometimes day to day they get a little lax, like, mm, why? I got to practice so hard, you know. I'm I'm seeing past the team that we're getting ready to play. I'm seeing playoff. They're seeing, well, we're gonna beat them, right? Uh, so their mindset, I have to coach their mind in this situation harder than I coach their game. Because they got the game. It's the mind that is the part that is the most challenging. Yeah, that's definitely the biggest challenge because you have to, yeah, when you get the, when it becomes tough, decide who's going to be the best between the two best teams is it's, it's all mental at that point i mean yeah athleticism is right. skill definitely but just that mental edge plays a can play a great role in deciding who, who wins that game uh as far as the w wnba unfortunately um women's college basketball men's college basketball COVID came it cut off that. I, I guess most states got in their high school champions. Um, fortunately for your your program, you did as well. Uh, the WNBA bubble was a success, along with the NBA bubble. Constant testing. They it just it was 100% effective. I mean, if you if you can't had to leave and you had to quarantine and you just couldn't, you know, they just they were just very strict on it. They worked and they got they got the two champions. Uh, how would how do you if you were, if you and your team were placed in a bubble? How do you think y'all would respond to it? Oh, <laughs> you know, I think we would be fine in it because you know we've traveled a good little bit and you know we've been in hotels and uh, been to different you know parts of the United States and had to adjust to cold weather to hot weather, enjoy the beaches, you know, uh, the pools in the hotel. And uh, it wasn't considered uh, a really uh, a bubble, but um, <laughs> don't think we haven't talked about it now. <laughs> it might be the only way to stay safe. Uh, and the kids are already virtual. They're already virtual in the classroom. And uh, it goes across my mind quite a bit, to, to be honest. And I've watched what the pros, uh, men, the pro men and the women's teams have done. And it worked. It worked for them. And it kept everybody healthy. Uh, it's, it's crazy, but we're in these times that you got to think about it. What would that look like? And I don't know how we could do it on a high school level, but it's not past my thinking. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> It'll be in the back of my mind if it's a, something that's a necessity. Yes, yes, it's definitely worth worth going to for um, if 
all else fails because we don't we don't want the the best the best team somebody just to be disqualified because someone got sick and they didn't take proper protocol we definitely don't want that we want to if we're going to get this thing rolling we want to get it completed as well and yes. uh and we and you know we've seen some teams in uh in volleyball and in softball already to be knocked out because of the covid hmm. that's already happened uh and it's a travesty that, you know, but the tournament has to go on. Unfortunately, we don't have any good ways to stop it and to wait. We can't wait 14 days for that team to quarantine and then move on with the next level of the playoff. So because of the high school and how the tournaments are set up, you're knocked out. It's over. Next man up. The team that was below you gets that opportunity to go. And I've seen that happen right now in volleyball and in the softball. I haven't seen it in football because we haven't gotten that far. But the volleyball and softball teams have already lost people along the way in the state of Georgia. You just hate, you just hate to hear that. Wow, I, I feel for feel for them. Just, just the, being the competitor I am in the three years of high school basketball that I played, uh, just knowing that you can't finish something, it, I, just, I just feel for them. Yeah. yeah, and we were blessed to get our state championship in. Uh, my sister lives in North Carolina. They did not finish theirs. Uh, they called it co-champions, I believe. Se several states called them co-champions. And some of them just let it drop and say, uh, none, period. We were so blessed. The day we played that Saturday, we came home Sunday, spent home with our family. On Monday, we came to school. They did a pep rally for us for winning the championship. Tuesday, we were going home. Mm. It was just that quick. We never got a team picture with the trophy. Wow. Other than the picture that you take on the floor at the state championship. That's the only picture we have as a team with the trophy. I'm going to have to blow that picture up. That's the only mm. one I have. Usually, we do a photo shoot afterwards. And we didn't get a chance this time. But we're just thankful that we were able to at least play the game. I mean, by the time we played that game, the COVID was starting to rise. It was to the point where, you know, the referee reached out and grabbed my hand to shake it mm. when we were in the circle. And, I, you know, I flinched to try to yank it back almost. That's how, you know, nervous things were for me at that point. And I was already cleaning basketball before the state passed the rule. The last two weeks of the game, of the playoff, I was already wiping my balls down spraying the locker rooms down. And we weren't even told to do that, but I had enough sense that mm -hmm. I'm gonna protect these kids. And we were already doing that at Westlake to try to make sure that these kids stayed healthy in order to play the playoff. And now it's a rule that you gotta clean the balls, clean, sanitize the locker rooms and all of that. Now it's written, but we were doing it before it was written in order to get through the state playoff last year. Wow. Great, great way of, by you are getting getting ahead of everything, um, and just um, I guess yes, yeah, just in your nature as a woman, I can just me being married, I I can <laughs> see yeah, it just it just it just makes sense. You just <laughs> let's let's get ahead of stuff. Always thinking ahead. Well, Coach Anderson, I don't have any more specific questions. Anything else you'd like to add before I close out the show? Well just want to say thank you for giving me the opportunity to share 
and uh, we just want everybody, all the teams out there, to you know, stay safe, uh, stay safe with your kids. Make sure that the kids are, uh, you know, socially distancing, and we want every team to have the opportunity to be successful this year, and not let COVID hit in order to be a reason as to why your team cannot move on. So it's going to take everybody being vigilant. Like I said, as I as I watched this thing started to emerge last season, I knew then that we needed to do more. And mm-hmm. we all now are mandated. And since we are mandated, let's all just step it up and, and do a good job this season. Well said, well. Well said, Coach Angel. I hope everybody does that and we get the season, the 2020-2021 high school basketball season here in Georgia completed. Uh, thank you so much for coming over me this evening. Um, just obviously stay healthy. I know you're taking care of everything you need to take care of as far as staying safe. So just, I just wish you continued health and, just, and your players and just continue to do so. We'll see how everything shakes out this um, okay. in the coming months. All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You're welcome. And thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And well, folks, that's all for this edition of the All Basketball Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Maurice Dixon. We thank um, three-time champion, reigning championship coach, Hilda Hankerson from Westlake for joining us. Um, like I always say, just stay healthy. And until next, until next time, peace and be blessed in Jesus' name.